0: Welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay show. We're rolling into a weekend. Actually, we're rolling into President's Day weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As though we actually had um, a president sitting in uh, the Oval Office, right? At least one uh, duly elected that we do not. Um, But we'll save a President's Day discussion maybe for tomorrow because we've got other really interesting breaking news to get into tonight. Uh, Mussolini. has unveiled what he has referred to as a national plan to deal with what he is now characterizing as an endemic. He's actually moved California to the endemic phase. And I think it's interesting that he's done this, uh, not because of the details of it, because it's just more of the same crap and nonsense. But And and I'll share those details in a little bit. But I, I clearly am wondering... What's going on with him? Everybody today, Hillary went and talked to the Democrats at the Democratic New York Demo- State Democratic Convention today. Everybody's looking at Hillary to 2024. Um, I'm not thinking Hillary's going to throw her hat in the ring, her little uh, witchy poo hat into the ring for 2024. I'm actually thinking it's going to be newsome And I'll give you some more reasons why on that. Thanks to Emerald Robinson's, my favorite uh, former White House correspondent on Newsmax, who's now with Frank Speech. He's got an interesting sub stack out that I'm going to share with you guys. And y'all know how much I pay attention to and I focus on the education system. I started doing education segments with Bob Walters years ago, before even before the great Rush Limbaugh uh, started doing education segments. And of course, today is the anniversary of the greatest loss to <laughs> conservative messaging and conservative media and conservative broadcasting. A year ago today, we lost the one and only, the great the never-to-be-duplicated-or-repeated Rush Limbaugh. But even before Rush was doing education segments, I was trying to raise the alarm. Bob Walters and I were doing. Were like Paul Revere's, and we continue to do it every week on Fridays, so that will be tomorrow. But tonight we're actually going to be discussing it with Rebecca Friedrichs, who actually had a book... Out a few years ago called Standing Up to Goliath, Battling State and National Teachers Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids. And she actually ended up, uh, it was a Friedrichs versus uh, the state of California, I believe. She actually took the teachers unions to the Supreme Court. She's got a movie coming out next month, and she's going to be here to tell you guys about it and how you can see it, because I think it's only going to be in theaters for one day only. Um, We are streaming live right now on The Answer san diego facebook page yes we are and keep those comments rolling there i do read them during the breaks i try to to respond to them if i can certainly maybe after the show and so do keep those comments there follow me on all the socials at andrea k and andrea k show 888-344-1170 question for you guys tonight before i get into emma robinson's piece that She had some interesting uh, comments and observations about John Durham. Uh, my question for you guys is, as President Trump has rolled out a new ad declaring that justice will come to Hillary Clinton, do you believe that Hillary Clinton will ever face accountability for the illegal spying that's been worse than Watergate on top of any of the other crimes that she's committed? Do you actually believe that that's going to happen? 888-344-1170. Joining me this week because our dear friend DJ uh, Potato Skins is out on vacation. I've got tonight and tomorrow night's all I got left with my dear buddy DJ Jalapeno, and he.
1: Two more.
0: Two more. Two more nights.
1: Counting tonight.
0: Yeah. Two more. Yeah. <laughs> he can't wait. (laughs) He definitely needs to finish up with me on a holiday weekend where he gets Monday off. Okay. So um, I debated on whether or not to save uh, my topic, talking about Hillary to later on in the show, because, you know, I know that people have been so desperate. Republicans and conservatives have been so desperate for accountability. Those of you that have been paying attention since before president Trump uh, got the nomination in 2016 before we found out anything about Michael Flynn and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all of that and, and, and for benghazi you wanted accountability right you wanted accountability for the for fast and furious with the obama administration we have been desperate for accountability to have those elected officials the two sets of laws right for those elites and 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 those uh, uh, common citizens right and we see that without count- accountability how the the corruption and the the persecution And the weaponizing of the United States government against citizens, how it's just continued to grow as we have political prisoners. I get the need and the thirst to see accountability. But I think we must have realistic expectations about that. Because if we don't, we're going to continue to put trust in the wrong hands. And we are facing a midterm election coming up and then a presidential election in 2024. And if we have false expectations and put our trust in the wrong people to do something about this, then we're going to end up being disappointed as as we should have already been. I mean, it's been six years, six years since the spying started. The spying started before what Durham documented in his report that went on with Sussman and others. It started years before that, and nobody was held accountable but some dopey attorney named Smith, who should have faced a heck of a lot more than just a few months probation for the fact that he falsified A FISA warrant application to the FISA courts and and, it ended up with an American citizen being persecuted. How much did Carter Page, first of all, he he can't pay anything to get his reputation back. How much did he pay in legal fees? If you look back, Emma Robinson has some key questions here about Durham and uh, about whether expectations what he's really doing here, what we should really be reading into into this latest filing and what the long-term game plan is. I've got to ask yourself why you're optimistic about her being held accountable if history is a predictor of the future. Has anybody who's been – they didn't – Comey was caught red-handed by the, by the IG Horowitz for committing crimes, and Bill Barr gave him a pass. Hillary Clinton, Comey came out in in, July of 2016, outlined all the crimes Hillary Clinton committed. She got a pass. And yet suddenly you expect Durham to start holding high-level people and Hillary accountable? Emerald's substack, I want you all to read it. I'm going to read a little bit from it. She says, the first question you should be asking yourself is why it took the Justice Department almost six years to figure out these spying activities. She says the first thing she points out is that Durham appointed a Democrat to be his number two. Somebody, uh, Nora Danahy, and Nora Danahy had to resign because, according to her colleague, she was aggravated that there was any kind of pressure to get results done before the election in 2020 um, because, you know, she clearly had the plan of slow walking this out and hiding it in order to affect the outcome of the election. You have to ask yourself, well, why did Durham appoint this person who was well known as being a never tr- an anti-Trumper? And somebody who clearly wanted to affect the outcome of an election. It was it was 2016 all over again. Uh, she says there's no we- reason for Durham to name somebody but like Danahee to help investigate the origins of the Russian hoax when everybody knows that the Russian hoax leads back directly to Democrats like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. She says, ask yourself, why would it take Durham more than three years to file these indictments? Why? There was no reason. Why has Democrat uh, super lawyer Mark Elias not been indicted yet? Why was the Democrat snake pit law firm Perkins Coy allowed to, uh, allowed enough time to sever itself from Elias last year on August 22nd while Durham was going over their billing records before filing charges against Perkins Coy partner Michael Sussman? Let me hazard, hazard a guess, she says. It's probably because Elias is absolutely essential to Democratic efforts, Democrat efforts to stop election integrity laws in various swing states across America. In other words, he's too valuable to the Biden administration to be indicted now. She says, how about National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan? Was his indictment lost in the mail, too? He's up to his neck in the Russian hoax and easy to find over at the White House. Why hasn't the Biden administration been deprived of his services yet? Sullivan and Elias are getting the kid glove treatment from the U.S. federal government. She talks about the Kevin Smith case, which I just referenced, that his sentence was a complete farce. She says uh, how um, he, he Durham asked for a few months in prison, which is absurd as punishment and got nothing but pro probation. How's that for justice? He hasn't even been disbarred. He can continue to practice law. Think about that in comparison to what's going on with the American citizens being held in a jail from January 6th. She says that's what happens when you charge national security officials who conspire against the president with process crimes. This should tell you that Durham's investigation is basically a sham. It took three years just to get to the lowest tier of conspirators. By the time Durham gets to the major players, we'll all be living through the second Hunter Biden administration. She goes on to talk about at one point, one of the game plans from him is that he always runs it out as long as possible and ends up bringing indictments either days before or days after the statute of limitations have run out. This latest filing was two days. It was five years and two days which means it was two days after the statute of limitations had run out for any felonies. This is a sham. So she says, what's all this about? She says, Durham exists so that the FBI can regain some credit with the American people. Hey, those Clinton people lied to us while directing the media narrative away from Obama that this is kind of an insurance policy against the ambitions of the Clinton. His real goal is to keep his investigation afloat through 2024. So he's kind of acting like a Comey. Obama never really wanted Hillary Clinton. He hates Hillary Clinton. But by um, what what Comey did, what she's trying to explain here is what Comey did and what Durham's doing right now is trying to hamper her. If she was going to win in 2016 – Obama wanted to be able to have control over her. His Justice Department gave her a pass, and she was going to be indebted to him, and he was basically going to be running a shadow government. He's running the shadow government right now. She goes on to talk about... how national security officials spend all their time interfering in domestic policies and rigging elections. She says, all I can say is, um, uh, where have you been, if you don't believe that's true, where have you been hiding the last six years? There's some other information in here that has to do with James Comey and a bribe um, involving Overstock's ex-CEO. You can uh, Google that for yourself. She says, this is all about creating an illusion that uh, the intelligence community and the FBI, that we have a system that can clean itself up. This is to create the illusion that we have a consent of the governed. And that the that this is Durham pretending that he's going to clean up the Russian hoax mess. And she asked if you're dumb enough to believe it. I think she's absolutely right on here. And... Um, This is, uh, I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news on this, that I'm not on the yay, Hillary's going down bandwagon, but like I said, we have to be realistic about our expectations because if we're not, then we're not going to elect the right people that are going to actually do something about ending the hold that these unelected deep state FBI, Department of Justice, and intelligence community operatives have on controlling our elections and those that hold office. We're going to take a break, and we shift. We come back. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk to Rebecca Friedrichs about her new documentary. Whose children are they? I think we know the answer to the question as to what the Democrats want those children to belong to. Stay tuned. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I'm loving that bumper song. Here comes the high stepper, because you know what? My guest here, coming up here in a moment, she's quite the high stepper. It's Rebecca Friedrich. She's founder of for kids and for kids and country. She's author of the book Standing Up to Goliath, Battling State and National Teachers' Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids. She actually ended up taking on the unions and taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. And now she's got a movie out, a documentary called Whose Children Are They? It's going to be in select cities and theaters next month on one day only. And she's here to tell you all about it and how you can see it. Rebecca Friedrichs, welcome to the Andrea K Show. So glad to have you.
1: Hello, Andrea. It's great to be here again.
0: Okay, so um, you're well-known out there fighting, and, and the teachers' unions and, and schools all across, and the school boards and all everything going on in this country right now, they really are the Goliath. And so I can't think of a better time for you to be putting out a movie to tell everybody what's going on. And the battle really is over whose children they are who do they belong to tell everybody about the movie why you made it what they're going to be able to see and what your goals are
1: sure well we made whose children are they because there really is a fundamental question going on in this country right now we have um these so-called teacher unions who are using our schools as transmission belts for a very radical far-left agenda And they and their political allies believe that the children belong to the state. Mm -hmm. But the rest of us believe that God gave the children to us, that the children belong to their parents. And it is our job to nurture them and educate them and to raise them. So there really is this struggle going on in our country. This is why parents are going to school board meetings and they're fighting for rights. and, And their school boards are ignoring them or shutting off the microphone or, you know, because these school boards, Uh, Well, the ones that are put in office by the so-called teacher union are tone deaf and are not there to serve the parents and the children. They're there to serve the union and their radical agenda. So that's that's where the title of of the film comes. The reason we created this film is because... These problems have been going on in America schools for decades, but people were unaware. Wow. Uh, teachers, especially these great teachers, think that the unions are their friend and they're protecting them, and they have no idea they're the fox in the hen house, taking money from teachers, using the faces of teachers and innocent children to promote this this very wicked agenda. So we, um, you mentioned my book, Standing Up to Goliath. I wrote that for the same reason to oppose the union. What's really going on and how we can fix it by getting the unions out. But a lot of people would rather see something in a movie, right? So we decided, let's create a movie. Mm-hmm. So we tell some of the stories from the book and many other stories that are added dozens of stories of brave teachers, um, parents, uh, kids that are impacted. And we even have some experts in the movie, like Dr. Carol Swain, who come in and help uh, people understand things like critical race theory or the radical sex ed that's in our school.
0: Well um I I saw the trailer and it's just it's, it just immediately got me fired up. I've got to go see it. And I'm so glad that you did this. You're right about putting it in a movie format. We're such a visual society now, right? We've got all these devices and YouTube and everything's on camera. I mean, it kind of started back in the 80s with music TV, right? Uh, you know, it's like you didn't want, you know, if you saw the music video, it made you like the song even more. It's just, we become such a visual society. And I think that when, um, you know, when you're sitting in this movie theater, and you're seeing it up on the big screen, I know when we, uh, we did a Screening here of No Safe Spaces, which was Dennis Prager's uh, movie that he did. I mean, it was. Just, it's, there's just something about seeing these stories played out on a big screen that really hits home, and and it's important too because. A lot of times videos coming out of school board meetings where parents are going and and even some teachers and trying to raise the alarm, they'll get taken down off of YouTube and you can't share it mm-hmm. because they know how it being on a visual has so much more power than reading an article or seeing something posted somewhere or even reading a book, unfortunately. So I'm so glad you're doing this. And you're right. I mean, these tactics of the idea... That children belong to the schools isn't isn't an and and an isn't new it's been around for decades, and it's actually not even just to the schools when Hillary Clinton said it takes a village to raise a child, that was a signal that the Democrat Party feels <laughs> like and they're now open about it um, that because children are a part of the community and the world, that schools number one and then the rest of society, like governors have the right to dictate. Uh, decisions made for children because it's so-called impacts society. And that's why they feel completely emboldened to teach the CRT nonsense, to push transgenderism on children and even hide from the parents what they're doing. Right. Yeah,
1: that's all very true. And everything you just listed, the teacher unions are the ones behind it. So one of the things I'd like to help your listeners to understand is most teachers are good people and they're against these nightmares in our schools. And they don't realize they're funding it. One of the silver linings of this whole COVID affair is that parents and teachers are awakening to what's going on in our schools. And teachers are starting to awaken to the fact that their unions aren't really their friends because the unions are not defending them from the masking and the vaccine and they keep closing down the school. And so teachers are starting to wake up, thank God. So, um, you know, that's, that's a really good thing. And your point about it takes a village and all of that, All of the messaging of the far left is very much to indoctrinate people to think that the children belong to society or they belong to the state. They absolutely do not. They belong to the parents. And so parents, I just urge you if your child is in a public school that is uh, undermining your authority, sexualizing your child, um, teaching your child to hate someone because of the color of their skin or any of those things, take them out. I always tell people the schoolhouse is on fire the mm-hmm. children and the teachers are inside. Don't leave them inside and try to put out the fire. Pull them out. Put out the fire. And uh, then the last thing I want to share with your audience, too, is we have something we call adopt a teacher. And the teachers are really scared. They have been controlled by mafia tactics for mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. And so, like, all this cancel culture, teachers, we've been dealing with that for a long time. So they're afraid. And so we need parents and community members and leaders to put their arms around the teachers they know that are decent people Stand with them, educate them, bring them to this movie. You can find it at whosechildrenarethey.com. I'll have them read my book. You know, something to educate them and then help them to stand up to the unions because teachers can get these unions out of our schools and stop this whole nightmare. But we got to awaken those teachers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to Rebecca Friedrichs about her new movie documentary, uh, Whose Children Are They? You know, one of the things you're talking about, the school unions, I was flashing back to I think it was the fall of 2020, and um or yeah, it was the fall of 2020 when the LA Union School uh, Union um, came out and said that they weren't going to reopen schools until this was during COVID, until their list of demands were met that had nothing to do with COVID and basically were straight out of the Black Lives Matter webpage, universal income, and and, and it had not, and it was just using children as excuse to get you know their Marxist ideology, e- economic you know aspect of the Marxist ideology through. It's just the despicable use of the unions to use these children to push the far-left agenda is astounding. I just saw Libs of TikTok reported a story out of San Pascal, I think somewhere. Um, They've got a gender support plan for seventh graders, and the school vice principal there had sent out the message about one particular child. How uh, advising the teachers to change that seventh graders pronouns, but not in any communications with the parents Mm -hmm. because the parents didn't know about this child wanting to transition. And so the school Mm -hmm. was going to further it and but uh, but keep it from the parents to the to the degree to where they were coordinating communications uh, to to basically, you know, keep the parents in the dark. And this is just one of many examples Um Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how deep you go into in the movie examples of this kind of stuff.
1: We, we do go into some. I mean, it, the whole movie is personal testimonies. So mm. people are telling their own story. We talk about union abuse. We talk about the critical race theory, children being sexualized, uh, children wanting to commit suicide over what's going on in our uh. school. Um, we talk about all of this undermining of parents. Uh, The things you just mentioned about, it's so funny, I had already had open on my computer the um, UTLA, United Teachers Los Angeles website, where they talked about all of their demands before they would go back. One of them was to defund the police, and one of them was a a moratorium on charter schools, because they don't want parents to have uh, educational freedom, and they don't want us to be safe. They want to fundamentally change our society. They want to undermine our free republic and turn us into a socialist communist hellhole and that's their goal and and they do it every day of the week with teacher money all the things you just mentioned um, children being told that they're a different gender keeping it all secret from their parents all of that is coming from the teacher union we have plenty of proof of it uh, and, and it's disturbing it's disgusting and the faster we can awaken teachers because they don't know they keep paying these people uh, they were forced to pay the unions for over 40 years but when we brought our lawsuit to the U.S. Supreme Court and another suit that came right after ours, we were able to end forced unionism in the United States of America for all government employees. Are you a cop? Are you a cop? Is your police union protecting you from this defund the police nonsense? (laughs) If they're not, there's something wrong. So a lot of these government unions are corrupted. And so the more we can awaken government employees, you no longer have to pay them. We run you the right Stop paying them, and so that's uh, just a huge. Uh, we call it a mass union exit that we're working toward. People can go to our website for kidsincountry org and just find uh, join the movement and click on that, and they can find out about the mass union exit and adopt a teacher.
0: One last uh, question I have for you: I know that one of the goals is to you know get parents engaged. Um, with what's going on um, unfortunately a lot of the parents have found that if they went and spoke up at a school board meeting while there might have been results we've now got the department of justice started a counterterrorism unit where these parents who speak up are, are considered domestic terrorists and it's meant to frighten them into submission so you know how do we how do we make sure that parents if they go see this movie we want parents to start speaking up we want them to start taking our schools back and our education back um, but they're scared right now What 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 do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah, of course, they're scared. So the National School Board Association that wrote that letter to the Biden administration, uh, basically saying that parents are domestic terrorists and please stick the DOJ and the FBI on parents. And then the Biden regime did it. Uh, That NSBA is a union. They're a union that misrepresents school board members. So the unions are the problem. That's the big thing that, uh, you know, I hope that our people take away from our movie is that we have all these branch issues in our country. CRT, or in our schools, CRT, radical sex ed, parents not being listened to, parents being abused by uh, school, board, school boards that are radical and out of control, a dangerous schools, all these things, all these branches come from the same diseased root, and that diseased root is the unions and their, their political friends who are running our schools, ACLU, Southern Poverty Law Center, Planned Parenthood. Why are these outsiders? who are, are, are working to get access to our children and then traumatizing our children and sexualizing them and changing their genders and all this other stuff. Why do they have access to our children? Why are we allowing this? We mm-hmm. have to stand up against this, kick them out. Our founders told us the only way to keep a free Republic is with a well educated and moral citizenry that can self govern. That's why these people are attacking our schools and our kids because they don't want us to be well educated and moral or to be able to self govern. So parents, you have to understand that the the government's not supposed to be educating your child. You are. Mm -hmm. We have to fight for, you know, lower taxes and so that that we can uh, educate our kids in the way we want to educate our kids and get these special interest kids out of our schools. That's the best advice I have. Parents can also run for school board, but run in a block with two or three people and flip the school board, but be aware if there's a union in your school, they're always going to get attacked, and they're going to come after you in the next race. So, so really focusing on getting the unions out is, is my biggest goal. There's also efforts to give um, educational freedom. And again, it's great as long as you can get the unions out.
0: Well, I need everybody to go see the movie. Tell them again where they can see it and when. Yes,
1: yeah, so they can find the movie at whosechildrenarethey.com Type in their zip code, and it'll show you. One of the theaters is playing in over 750 theaters around the country, all over California. And the movie launches one night on March 14th, 7 p.m., one night, March 14th. That's whochildrenarethey.com. Who children so we're hoping people will come out in droves and uh, learn about what's really going on, get empowered, adopt a teacher, bring teachers to this movie so they can learn the truth, and they can help you fix these schools by decertifying these nasty unions.
0: Well, Rebecca Friedrichs, thank you so much. This is just obviously your life's, your life's mission and passion, and you're making a difference out there for our kids and our country. So thank you so much for being here. Thank
1: you, Andrea. It's my great pleasure.
0: All right. Take good care. All right. And you guys stay tuned because we got more Andrea K. Show coming up. Gavin Newsom's got his new Smarter Plan. Are you ready for it? Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I have not forgotten about the truckers up in Canada. In fact, I know that uh, as of today, the organizer uh, of the trucker, I can't remember the name, Truckers for Freedom or Trucker Convoy 2022, there's been a couple different hashtags going around for it, but the organizer of it was arrested today. We also know that uh, there continues to be doxing of United States citizens who contributed to the Give, Send, Go uh, that was hacked. I know that there was some guy on TikTok or wherever screaming and yelling, claiming that he was the hacker behind it. I don't know that I believe that. Uh, I don't know if that's not just a front person they put out there because the hacking was done by the Canadian government or even in cahoots with the U.S. government. I'm at the point to where I don't believe anything coming out of these governments, right? I mean, Biden today is saying that, you know, uh, it's looking like that Russia will invade Ukraine within days. They've got this intelligence. Well, then what are you waiting for with the sanctions? Why wouldn't you do something to stop them? Why would you continue to you know uh, to you know give them money or allow the the uh, whatever I can't, the Nordic or whatever it is pipeline to continue by the way uh, he's denied the Israeli pipeline over there that President Trump had approved um so I, I'm not believing anything that the Biden administration is telling us the Biden administration the DoD or his intelligence community these people when is the when is the United States the Biden administration or even during the Trump administration when was the last time our intelligence community? Got it right when it came to fighting off a terrorist attack. But yet we're supposed to believe right now when Biden's telling us that Russia is about to invade with all this tough talk. You know what's going on here? This is in counter to the Durham report. Right. Because now the new cancellation is if you're in, I'm even hearing it from conservatives. Right. If you don't toe, if you don't join in with the anti-Russia language and join in and and all this tough talk against Russia, then you're Putin's puppet. Right. You're not American. It's the new it's the new uh, cancel culture reason. Right. It's the new um, it's the new mask mandate. You know, you got to you've got to toe the state line here. I don't see any reason for the U.S. military to go in and deal with anything with Ukraine, particularly not when we've got the real border issue going on. Uh, At the southern border. And oh, by the way, there was a story that came out that Texas Governor Abbott has acquired fencing that was paid for by the taxpayers during the Trump administration that Trump intended to use to build the wall. As soon as Biden took office, they stopped any of the construction, right? And they put materials to build the wall here in San Diego at a facility under the program that the the federal government uses when they have materials that they, quote, have no need for. We've had contracts that were paid for construction, contracts that were paid for construction materials that have been sitting in a warehouse in San Diego. So Abbott applied. Without saying what he was going to use the materials for, applied to this program where there's federal government surplus materials, and now he's going to use it to build a wall in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Biden didn't care anything about borders. He didn't care anything about national sovereignty. This is a wag the dog situation. And quite frankly, if Russia is intending to invade Ukraine, why am I supposed to care about Ukraine, that, 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 whose government is incredibly corrupt? Who knuckled under to Joe Biden and fired a prosecutor to protect Joe Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Not interested. Sorry. Uh, Okay, so um, Gavin Newsom has come out today. He's revealed his new endemic. He has declared that uh, COVID's not going away. Well, gee, you know, um, he's he's using he's using all the wisdom that he's learned over the past two years, everything that they've learned to now in in, in part to start with saying that COVID's not going to go anywhere. Um, hey, master of the obvious, who was, who's been saying that viruses never get completely eradicated, right? It doesn't happen. Not, not a virus that's like, this was like COVID-19, right? Because this is the 19th version, right? So anyway, we're now in, in endemic phase. And so, uh, we now need to have a path forward. And according to him, he's being so clever. He, with his smarter plan, it's an acronym. The S stands for SHOTS. He says the M is for masks, A is for awareness, R is for readiness, T is for testing, E is for education, R is for RX, as in therapeutics. What he's saying about the shots is that um, they will maintain capacity to administer at least 200,000 shots per day. Well, if... The state of California is about uh, at least 70 percent who have already gotten the shots. Why would you need to maintain? And we know that we're in endemic phase and endemic phase is when a virus has become it's it's mutated enough to where now it's more contagious, but it's much less deadly. What what are the and we and these shots that we have aren't we don't know what any variants are coming down the road. What would 200000 shots be for? It's got to be because they plan whatever point some virus comes down the road that you got to have your arm out and be boosted. That's what that's about masks. Um, the state will maintain a stockpile of 75 million high-quality masks, probably part of the contract that he hired that uh, it pays him personally as a, a governor for his little mask deal probably done with China. We were ne- I, I don't think anybody's ever been able to get the details on his his mask deal. Awareness um <laughs> They're somehow supposedly going to be monitoring COVID uh, through our water supply. I don't know that the that's ever been done in the last two years. Anybody been testing the water supply to see about new strains coming up and their their you know virility? I, I don't know virulence. Um, They're going to, uh, for awareness, they're going to um, continue to push using 150 community-based organizations to basically continue to try to foment panic and to keep you under their submission and their will. Uh, Testing, they're going to continue to maintain at least 500,000 tests per day. Um, Education, they're going to have expand by 25% school-based vaccination sites. This is the key part. This is what's really going on here. The plan is is to continue to have this be something that they can use. You notice that he didn't say um, there's nothing in here about mandates at this point on um, on the shots, um, so that's interesting here. But to to increase school based vaccination sites, what were we just talking about with Rebecca Friedrichs? Whose children are they? This is, this is right now, and he's going to announce on February 28th when he's going to remove the mask mandates in schools. He's already removed them for the adults. What this is all about is it's all about furthering their agenda through the use and the exploitation of children. Rx, this is interesting, um, evolving and improving treatments. Um, the state will maximize orders for the most clinically effective therapeutic available through federal partnerships. Right. So there's going to continue uh, to be whatever therapeutics that Fauci is going to get to be able to line his pockets and those of his friends with. And he doesn't address anything here as to what's going to happen to any doctors or any, you know, whether or not we're going to be what's going to happen. Anybody tries to get ivermectin. There's nothing in here to address hospital protocols of whether or not you go to a hospital and they're going to force you to go on event. Or whether or not they're going to force you to take remdesivir. So, there's a whole lot of answers um, that we don't have here. So, it'll be interesting to see. Now, in regards to um, it, it, it's interesting that this would be rolled out today and the same day there was an announcement that next month in California, the California legislature is going to begin debating on whether or not to go ahead and lift the state emergency. Uh, authorization that Newsom has used to you know be Trudeau in his little dictatorship so I don't know if it's going to pass I predict that it passes and I think that's why Newsom is laying out this plan to move to the endemic phase and I think that's because we're in a midterm year and I think he's laying the foundation so they're trying to create the illusion that they're easing up on restrictions they're not ham-handed they're not doing a dictatorship here but it is all an illusion because he alluded in, in conversations today Remember back two years ago, he said, I see it as though California's on a dimmer switch and I can move it up and down. He has left open the possibility of him going back to uh, all different types of mandates and restrictions. So I think he's laying the groundwork for him to run in 2024. Welcome back. Listen, uh, you longtime Andrea your listeners know that I am a true crime fanatic. I have been since I was a kid. I think, I don't know if it was... Fatal Vision about Jeffrey McDonald that uh, won me over, or um, uh, the burning bed—I I don't remember. But this Bob Saget story is getting crazier by the day. Who believes that he, he, he? There's a head injury that's like a baseball bat, and dude's alone in the room. And it and it, it it's the story is getting crazier by the day. I want to see the video of the hallway outside of his door. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't know what was going on, um, but it'll be interesting. People people are beginning to notice that the story didn't make sense. It didn't add up. Come back tomorrow on Friday night show, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you, Rebecca Friedrichs. Thank you, DJ Jalapeno. We'll see you all tomorrow. Good night.